Hey everyone, welcome back to Stoke Hunters. You know the drill, where we talk to different people around the world to hear their journey and what good days they found and how they hunt for more. Today in episode six, we have a crew here, or better known, the Flannel Crew. For those who don't know, the Flannel Crew is a crew of mountain bikers with a vision to create positive difference in the mountain bike community. They dig, they help out, and they give back wherever they can. And most importantly, tonight I will finally know the difference between flannel and plaid. But first, let's welcome the guys to the show. Oh, Lord. That's awesome. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, yeah. I'm stoked oh. to have you guys. Thanks, man. Good time to be here. Yeah, for sure. So, what's crack last year? Not yeah. too much. I mean, first question what is the difference between flannel and plaid? That's a, that's a good question. You know, I think there's like a shared kind of pattern there for sure, yeah. right? Like obviously you have this like kind of alternating, like, you know, primary, secondary color and then something in between. That's that's the general pattern, right? Same thing with this shirt here. But like, I, I, I would define plaid as more of like one of those lighter, like kind of cottony kind of shirts. And then flannel yeah, is like tougher, tougher, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, tougher than leather. Flannel yeah. gets you got kinda, pads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say plaid's more for the summer. But yeah. we don't we don't do that. We're kind of cursed when we ride our bikes now. We have to ride and sweat it all out. Totally, okay. like forty degrees, just pounding <laughs> beers and sweating them right back out. Right? Yeah. <laughs> all, all <the> <laughs> yeah. So for those who don't who don't know, how did the flannel crew initially come together? Oh man, honestly, like that's a question that we didn't really have to answer until recently recently like we kind of had to figure that out this year just because people kept asking and yeah i think a lot of it was like you know you always used to ride in flannel yeah yeah no because ever since there was this one shot with aggie wearing like this big actually this buffalo checker kind of color white and black and he like dropped down this line and he's doing like some steep riding over i think it's in the lane's lake and it was so sick i think it was like rocking the caribou i was like man that's sick i want to wear i want to wear like a flannel like that and then so i started wearing one and i found that it was confidence inspiring because your you know your forearms are protected and then you know it just feels nice and then it flutters in the wind in the back so it's like a magic cape is what i always call it and then yeah then joey started wearing it and everything and then next thing you know we're at moose riding our bikes just chilling and we're doing the pedal out and looking around and at that time uh the coastal crew i don't know if you remember the coastal crew they're from vancouver island and they were making movies and things like that um there's this i think there's three or four of them. yeah there's, there's a few of them. anyways they were just kind of tailing off and i was like oh man like it'd be sweet to combine all of our like facebook instagram was even around i don't think at that time just all of our Facebook videos and things like that on the one thing. Cause at the time it was just Joey putting up videos and taking me and then me putting up videos and taking Joey. Right. And it was like, or whoever we were riding with and stuff. It's like, it'd be nice to just have like one platform to put that all on. And then we're like, why don't we make like a crew kind of like the closer crews? Everybody was stoked on them. And like, I was stoked. They made like some really cool stuff. Um, and then we kind of looked around and we had all our flannels on and like, we kind of, so the flannel crew, right? Like that kind of stuff. Like that's pretty sweet. That's like pretty like Canadian beer drinking, you know, 
good times, right? So, so he kind of, and that's like kind of who we are. So it kind of stuck, and that was like a sweet name. And yeah, then Joey, being like a marketing guru, just took it and ran. Really? Yeah, I think the funniest thing about that statement is like Brian always mentions before Instagram was around, but like just to set the record straight, like it was before Brian got Instagram. That's true. Because Brian <laughs> got Instagram, he was just alive on Instagram as his hashtag, right? Like the final crew already had a few thousand followers, and there was like hashtag a little too zesty on that one. Oh yeah, there was because yeah, it's yeah. famous Brian. Like Lyon. Joey made on my own Instagram account. Oh yeah, that's right. I, I, made, it I, I made little too zesty for him before he started using it. And I it. took it over. <laughs> I felt that I was like a mascot, that he just like took it over from there. But like, yeah, it was just like such a strong branding play, right? Like yeah, the final yeah. first seemed to resonate really well, and like we're dumb and goofy enough that people thought shit was hilarious, and yeah, yeah. it just started taking off organically. So yeah, it's been great. Yeah, you you guys need to have like a zesty orange um, color if you don't already. Oh, that'd be cool. We got like a kind of close one. Right? Yeah, yeah. Our orange ones, like I I would call it zesty orange. Like we should stop calling it the orange flannel and definitely definitely go with the yeah, zesty orange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like not like bold orange. It's almost that yellowy tinge in between yellow and orange. Yeah. So there's <laughs> always like little you know trailer park boys joke in there somewhere, right? <laughs> And, and how did you transition from, you know, just filming rad stuff to then being like kind of the faces of Calgary mountain biking down there and like doing trail events and everything? You know, that's a really good question. Like, I think it, it took off to a certain extent on its own. And then I feel like we just realized that we, we had a voice and we needed to put it to, to good work, right? Like it wasn't just something where we were going to sit around and just, Okay, we're the final crew, and like it's just us being stupid. Well, like we want to be something good and positive for the community always. It so. kind of started when NWD had just finished releasing eight movies, right? And there wasn't really there was a time where everybody was like free rise dead, everybody free rise dead. I'm paying by far free rise dead, free rise dead, enduro bravo, and I'm like. No, just like you don't need boost because you're still shit riding bikes. Like this doesn't help you. It's all marketing gimmicks. Like grab a beer, get some loose juice, get a flannel on, and ride bikes. And like let's just, you know, the the page kind of started off as a like I don't know if I can swear in this, but like fudge the industry, right? We are here to ride bikes for fun. We're not here to race and for health. And, <laughs> and, then, and then, but people vibe with it, man. People are like, yeah, because we got into bikes for the same reason, right? So it like resonated with people. And then we started getting a following, and then like Joey said, like a voice, and we can make an impact. So then it was like, okay, you know, get your trail karma, right? The trails aren't gonna fix themselves. You know, we'd always do uh trail days and things like that at Moose, help volunteer. Um yeah, Joey ended up on the on the Moose board. Um, so that really helped. But then we, you know, use our voice and always channel. Um, events, do whip-offs and things like that, and they kind of just, yeah, went from there and grew. But we always stayed to the same. Like, the other day, I was just at Tanny's house. We were looking back at all, well, we were watching Drop-In and some old uh, um, movies, right? And then we're like, we should probably watch, like, the rest. Like, why don't we watch our year-end edits that we started making in, like, 2017 and, like, watch how we progressed, right? Um, and, man, they're, like, 
they just stoked just because they're like so, I don't know, just like real and like raw. Like the one year end edit just starts with like us ripping off our buddy's sleeve and being like, oh yeah, you're ready to go now. Good for the sun. <laughs> yeah, the ginger guy will TP. Yeah, yeah. He was not good for the sun. You're good for the sun now, man. No, no, no. You got a few sunspots out <laughs> That's amazing. And probably progress quite a bit from your first edit to now having your full feature length film. Oh yeah. It's almost painful to look at. Like I think the first one was the crap that my GoPro three costs on film, the oh, 2016 yeah. season. Right. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. You know, it just kind of slowly got better and better. And like, we learned more about cameras and just, yeah. you know, surrounding yourself with interesting people. Like if there's one thing that we'll always say about the file crew is that it's led us to meet a lot of really cool people and have oh, yeah. conversations just like this one. Yeah. And you know, just meeting people that actually know their way around the camera or around the GoPro, around, you know, editing software, stuff like that, just taught us so many amazing things. And then, you know, it went from just making uh, you know, 10 minute edit every year. And it took us months and months to get done to like putting a whole year in making a movie and things Which like that. Crazy. So like it's yeah. it's one of those things. Like we've we've always found a way to like one up what we've done in the past. And yeah, you know, I think our core philosophy, like what we just spoke to, like let's just keep it fun. Like fuck the, the stupid industry stuff, right? Like <laughs> I, 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 we really have not cared what anybody really wanted in terms of an industry goal, right? We're not yeah. interested in brands that are just that make money. We're interested in brands that want to give back to the community. Yeah. Like, make, like lasting stuff. Yeah. And make things that last and just, you know, an impact and, and give back because at the end of the day, that's going to be a bigger impact on your time than just, out there to make luck, right? So I think that's been really cool for us, to be honest. And just seeing the progression over the years and how much we have been able to give back has been sick. Um, on that note, what's probably your most memorable uh, memory from starting the Flannel Crew throughout the years? God, there's like so many ridiculous ones. Like probably something that shouldn't be shared, you know, on grounds to not incriminate us. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I would say some of the best memories I've had is just like, at, at its core, it's, it's us as a group of friends. Yeah. And I think that's more, most important, first and foremost, right? There's so many people like, oh, how much money do you make? Like, mm -hmm. oh, like, what's your goal with this? It's just like nothing. Like, we're literally just trying to have the best time that we can, right? So, you know, for me, the biggest memories are always going to be just the nights at Tanny's house. And deleting beers and making an edit that we think is hilarious because yeah. we're laughing our ass off the whole time or the fun that we have filming and riding bikes yeah. and just spending time together honestly like yeah. I, I can't think of like one memory that sticks up more than the others but <laughs> I say that like the shared experience as a whole that we have as a crew and with the community is what makes it worthwhile what, what would you say Brian? I'd agree like I've been on some of the best bike trips I've ever had with these guys making movies and like our reels and things like that or edits, whatever we were doing. Like that was always a blast. I don't know, like in our stories back in the day, they'd be like making a movie and there'd be a table full of empties and stuff. And other, <laughs> you know, you need to get the creative juices flowing and yeah, that and like, I'd say like what's been really kind of fun is that um, going down, you know, you go to your local hill, right? Moose or whatever in the parking lot and then you know somebody recognizes you and they want to you know do a lap or whatever and 
you know, you, you go down and you take your time. And I've, you know, written that lap a thousand times, right? So it's like, I don't care. But like to see, like being able to, I guess, not coach, but like give some advice to people. And like, I haven't hit this, you know, feature before. And it's like, here, I'll, I've hit this a hundred times. Like, this is how you do it. This is where I, this is how I do it, where I let go of my brakes and what you got to do. Right. And then they go and hit it and they're so stoked. And for me, like, I love getting when people do something. Like, you always hear me, like, in our edits or, like, even, you know, on our reels or whatever, our stories. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Cause, like, I'm just like, I don't know. I know what it's like to push yourself over that edge and do something new. And it's scary. But then it's also, like, so rewarding at the end when you, like, go over that edge of that jump or whatever. Right. And yeah. I don't know. Like, getting people stoked. It's that's probably one thing that I would say is like my memory yeah man like just the people that we brought along for the ride right like yeah. it's always so sick it's funny how you know you could be standing in the Ingsway parking lot or baseline or wherever the hell it's to be and like there's this perception that because we're the final crew we're so good and people can't ride with us that we're like we're too fast or something it's just like guy do you realize that brian's probably gonna stop like three times on this one trail to drink a beer like <laughs> Like that was so good. I gotta hike back up and hit that jump again, right? Yeah, like it's funny. Like some of the slower riders get like sick of us and just like ride away because we just have so much fun on the trail that we're not in the rush. Right? Yeah. Like it's not us. Well, like I'm a big advocate of like people are always like, oh, laps, laps, laps. It's like, okay, hey, you do a lap, you make a mistake, right? Now you're done your lap. You have to go pick up your truck. Blah 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 blah. By the time you're on the trail again, it's been an hour, right? And then you go and you make the same mistake again, right? So sessioning, you know, you go, you make that mistake, you hike back up, and it's fresh. So now you know, and you, as you're hiking it up, you're looking around, you're seeing, you know, the line and everything, and you come back, drop back in, you're like, I'm not making that mistake again, and then you get better, right? Sessioning makes you better. Doing a lot of laps wrong does not make you better. True. Especially makes you better, and uh, cheer brews give you wings. So. That's right. <laughs> Man, that was so funny. I had, we were uh, at Whistler, and I was on my, now I can't even believe I was riding that bike, but it's medium nolly podium. But I, I normally had a large, and I broke the frame. So then immediately this uh, medium from Burnaby, um, I swapped all my parts on it and everything, but freight that was small. Yeah. And like now being on a newer bike, um, with you know, newer Geo, I got on that thing the other day and I was like, oh my god, I hit crab apple with this freaking thing. It feels like a clown bike. But we were hitting crab apple and it was near the end of the day. I think I probably had like throughout the day, probably like eight beers or so, maybe more. And then went and hit the last jump on crab apple and got like my photo and everything. And I was like, free Red Bull? Like, chairs give you wings. That's where I came from. Honestly, man, it's so funny. It's the funniest thing. Like, we do a little bit of promo work with Red Bull now, and they're, yeah. they're freaking beauties, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Brian is always the first one to, like, start going after them. Like, what are we getting Red Bull in and stuff like that? They still owe us them because they lost a bet at the bar at 2 in the morning in a pool game. Yeah, exactly, right? So they owe us Red Bull is. They do. already come in the mail. Yeah, right? they lost that pool game. But, like, we literally named the group chat with them on Instagram, like, Cherubers give you wings. They've been like, oh, boy, it's like, we can't really do that. Like, we're going to put the brakes on it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think 
got to the point where it's like, we're just not even going to fight this anymore. We're going to put on a shirt one day. So <laughs> one day. Your guys' love totally comes off. Like, we have a comment here from Range Rider. Um, like, you you guys constantly invite people, and the love just shows. So you guys are definitely making an impact. Thanks, Phil. Yeah. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Hope your back feels better, Phil. Me and Phil are supposed to be riding beeline tonight, and then his back was messed up, and I wanted to be here, of course. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Phil's healed up. You get some shred suit. Yeah. Um, so what advice would you have for someone new getting into mountain biking? That's a good question. Honestly, I would say like number one for me, and this is probably the biggest mistake I, I made is like, don't just tiptoe your way into it. Right. Like there's a lot of hobbies out there. People just kind of like feel out or go out over time. Right. But you know, if, if you buy that super collapsed 2005 downhill bike, this is just going to give you nothing but problems. Of course you're not going to have a good time. Right. Like, Number one, I'd say is like, you know, go to a bike park or something like that, rent yourself a nice bike, get yourself a lesson or something. If you really Definitely want to take lessons, have the yes. best experience possible. It's just the fastest way to progress it and, you know, experiencing the sport being awesome and, you know, not going through the trial and error pain of maybe learning on your own. Right. Yeah. Well, biking is scary, man. Like it's dirt and rocks and trees and not soft stuff. Right. So. <laughs> You know, take your time, take the lessons, take it slow, get a nice piece of equipment. If that's renting, then rent it, see how you feel, right? But always try to, I don't know, you have to have that nice mindset of, it's okay if I fall over, I'm just gonna get scratched, right? But at <laughs> point, your one buddy, Connor, just surpassed this, where he actually feels comfortable riding his bike and having fun. He's good enough now where he can, you know, do some side hits or like mess around a little bit, get kind of creative. Right. And that is like a complete 180 in your mentality and everything. You're no longer scared. Right. But at the beginning, like it's a scary sport, but you know, I think start off on like the flow trails. Right. Yep. And then work your way into tech. Cause you know, the flow trails are generally wide, not as rocky, not as, you know, bumpy and stuff work on getting your speed and everything and your bike balance and your bike handling skills. Go to Beeline, like not a plug for them or anything, but there's no off season in Calgary anymore. You just go to Beeline in the winter and you're, yeah, you're on a different bike, but you're doing different skills. Right. Um, and you're, you're not off the bike. Right. So I've noticed it when I go back uh, to Moose or on my downhill bike in the spring. Right. Yeah. I'm not used to the speeds anymore, but my bike balance is still there. Right. My reaction time is still there. My jump skills are better. Yeah. Right. And, you know, the breaking the rust off in the spring is way easier. If you fat bike, whatever, just try to stay on a bike somehow. 100%. Like, you know, a lot of it is a mental block at the end of the day. Like, I think yeah. Connor is a perfect example, right? Because there's a guy that got to a professional level and he just got stuck for a while and it ended up being his brakes, right? He couldn't figure out why he wasn't confident to ride certain things. And all of a sudden he bought some Maguras and like he was just like, oh, I'm not scared of steep stuff anymore, right? <laughs> You're more controlled. They're like as much as you know, anybody would be like, oh yeah, I can ride anything. Like, sure, if you've had good equipment before and you have tons of experience, and yeah, you probably could ride something crappy. But if you're learning, there is a point where where equipment will limit you, right? And yeah, <laughs> you know, I know like I personally have been there where I'm just like, 
I want to hit this like massive drop or something, but I just have this like mental block of just exploding wheels or something, right? And like, you know, you just yeah. have this fear that something's gonna go wrong. So when you're not confident with your equipment, it really messes with you. you yeah, there's a lot of different things there, right? But like, it, it's a mental game. I would say like, if you can get to the point where it's like, you feel like your equipment styles, you know, like you're surrounded by the right people, it's the right vibes, and you're just gonna progress so much faster than not. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, take lessons, learn from somebody that knows what they're doing, but then also like meet some people at your lessons, right? Like, the the best days I've had around weren't by myself, right? When you're by yourself, you're more timid, right? Um, but the best days I've had biking are with these guys, right? And there's a vibe right there's an energy and you you push outside your limits there a little bit and you you know hopefully you don't crash or do anything bad but you know you have like a usually you're on point because that vibe is just making you so focused and you yeah have a good have a good core group of friends to ride with that's pretty huge yeah for me anyways i think there's a sweet spot of beers in progression as well like yeah once i started yeah well maybe I mean, I, I think my friend Brent Callow, and I know Brent won't mind us throwing this out there, is a really good example, right? Like Brent is our buddy. He has a like a videography business it's called Black House Cinema. When we started riding with him, he hadn't hit a lot of the features at Moose, and we towed him into a couple. And then, you know, he literally said at the end of the one season, he's like, "Man, I swear to God, just riding with you guys and just like cracking beers just unlocked <laughs> because all of a sudden I was just in the vibes and I was not." timid right yeah yeah and there really is a point where like the the confidence can just it does help right yeah like i always make like i'm trying to like not drink as much riding bikes but just because i'm like a little older, try to be healthier i guess but um <laughs> I think these jokes where it's like man like i the, okay seriously though the best laps i've had have been between six to nine beers honestly <laughs> that <laughs> Like that's like my little nice bubble for my downhill knees and things like that. And you're loose, you're looser. And I always used to make this joke where it's like, by the time I need to grab my brakes, my reaction time's so slow that the event's already over and I already ripped through it. And I'm like, oh, I don't need to grab my brakes anymore. And now you're faster. Yeah, exactly, right? Like <laughs> I think it works. Hey, Darcy made it. Hell yeah. Oh, and, and Dan, nice. <laughs> this is awesome. I'm stoked. The whole gang. Yeah. The gang. Yeah. That, that's really dope. But yeah, man, honestly, for those for those newer people to the sport, just put yourself out there, man. Like, don't be afraid to, you know, also take videos and just document your own progression, right? There's yeah. been some controversial topics around that lately. I know Lone Ranger put out a piece and I, I think well said that Ryan and it, it was kind of like calling out a pink bike editor a little bit too, right? On their podcast, they're playing but like I hate seeing new people posting videos and all this stuff. And you know, that's, that's some bullshit right there, man. Right. Yeah. I think everybody has, you know, the right to post stuff, document their own progression and just oh, look back sure. on the memories, right? Like it's fun to look back on where we were, I guess, frick, like seven years ago when we started this thing out. So now, crazy. right. And just crazy. like, if we didn't take that first step to start posting our videos, we wouldn't be here and we wouldn't have this brand either. Right. No, exactly. So, you should never shun somebody for wanting to film and mark your own progression. Like the only, I've looked at things a hundred times or like if I crashed or, you know, something went weird or something went good, you know, take it slow and see what I did, right? To either cause my crash or, you know, why I hit that thing so good or something like that, right? 
and try to learn from your mistakes and your successes. Yeah. Totally, man. It, it just sticks in your head all week, right? Like if you film something, you can kind of envision yourself doing it. Like yeah. I remember driving to school and ever you back when we were on the freaking ski team, Jared, and just like picturing myself like going through like the, the movements of doing a whip, just like sitting in traffic, right? And just trying to wrap my head around it. So yeah. It's just, you know, just let it consume you and just want and you'll get there. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I, I've only been biking. This is my first year biking. And I was down in Revelstoke. And when I was there for the Revy 50, one of the guys said, like, you know, biking is the biggest community you don't know exists. Like until you come into in, until you come into mountain biking, it's like you don't realize how friendly and how welcoming it is. Yeah. Yeah, man. Honestly, it, it, it's so true with every, you know, kind of niche and community that's out there, right? Like you go to these inner circles and you go to events for these clubs and stuff like that. And it's 110% family. Like I started riding Moose with Bryant and I think we had 60 new best friends within like a couple months of just being <laughs> going to events and traveling and stuff. We're just like, okay, that's kind of crazy. And, you know, you go to somewhere like baseline and same thing. There's like another really tight knit crew and they're just mm -hmm. all super down aligned on the same thing. Let's ride bikes, have good times and drink beers. Right. Like if you have a shovel truck, a bike and a case of beer, you can, you'll, you'll never have a shortage of friends in your life ever again. I think that's <laughs> 100%. And it's things in the woods. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of still kind of stayed like that. And we're all sharing the same experiences together and stuff, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Once it, Sport, always a DGN sport. That, that's never going to change. I'm trying to change it, but we're trying to stop it. Yeah. <laughs> not, not like your typical, like, old guard kind of way. Just like, uh, we don't want the, like, the fun to get taken away from it, right? And it's, yeah, you know, not against anybody. We just see a less serious side of it, and we're trying to keep that going for sure. Yeah. Well, well and the thing is, is, like, you know, to hear, like, when I, I watched the video of, like, and seeing it where they're like, oh, you know, I don't want to see the same green run 300 times. It's like, well, do you guys not know what mountain biking is? Like, you know, there's 200 professionals and then there's, like, a million people who are just casual riders who want to have fun. So what probably applies to more people? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And, like, even from, you know, my time volunteering with Embits, I can tell you that, like, the most profitable trail for that mountain is 727 because it bridges the gap between Moose Mountain and West Bread Creek, right? So it got the ridership way up and had more people coming over that side, right? So yeah. it's super important to, to have the inclusivity for the sport and, like, the easy entry points. But I, I think the biggest thing is just make sure it stays fun, right? Like, oh, yeah. You got to make sure it's a careful balance always, right? Like you don't want to strip the fun of the, the more seasoned crowd and, you know, annoy them, but you also want to like bring as many people into the sport as possible. Like our motto is more butts and bikes, man. Yeah. Like, who you are. Like, I just, I just want you riding. Like, like, having fun. Like we have these stickers. We should probably make more because I know we had a request for them, but we have the slogan pretty stoked on bikes. Right. And like, yeah, we're pretty stoked on bikes, but like also the point is, is to get, people pretty stoked on bikes, more people pretty stoked on bikes, right? And it's everybody stoked on bikes. Yeah, not just us. And like all kinds of bikes, right? Like obviously we're mountain bikers first and foremost. There's the BMX fan, like Darcy and those guys, like- Who kills it by the way. Yeah, hundred percent. He's a, he's an absolute legend. Like I'd like to see more people ride more BMX. Yeah, he's like stoked on bikes. See people riding gravel bikes, road bikes, They're cross country, like whatever, man. Like yeah. if you're on a bike, I'm, I'm stoked. That's, that's our mission. Well, I, I mean, like, whenever you see a road biker on the road, like, I've never seen them, like, smiling. So I don't know if they have fun while they do it. So 
<laughs> well, they're just chasing type two fun, right? Like it's kind of fun there for sure. Not my kind of fun, but all the power to them. <laughs> no, I know it's the, those are. My, I always bug my road biking friends and my trail running friends. They're like, "Oh, you should come join." I'm like, "But when you do it, I don't see you smile." <laughs> Whereas, like a mountain biker, even going slowly uphill, they still have a big stupid grin on their face. There's a reward at the end: a beer and a bottle <laughs> Um. So, what do you think would have the like from personal experience um, where mountain biking had like a profound impact on your life? Good question. Well, I know exactly when mine was. So my aunt uh, used to live in Whistler. Well, not used to live in Whistler. She lives in Vancouver, but she had a condo in Whistler for like 20 years. And I always used to go out there snowboarding, right? That was like my sport. I used to snowboard all the time. That was my thing. And then um, my birthday is in August. So when I was 13, um, my aunt convinced my mom. She's like, hey, why don't you come to Whistler in the summer? And try this mountain biking thing. That was when Crankworks kind of started in uh, 03, and they had like the bone yard and everything, and all that stuff. And the Kona clump was there, and like they had the Kona rental bikes and everything. And I was like, okay, I'll come out there and try, you know, biking instead of snowboarding. That's fine. And it's Crankworks and stuff. So I got to see all the competitions and things like that because um, it was in August, uh, first, week, first week or second week of August. And I remember getting this uh, renting a bike. Uh, it was a Kona uh, Joyride, right? And back in the day at Whistler, they would name their rental bikes after a trail that they just opened. Um, so it was just a Kona Stinky or Stab. Um, but yeah, it's called a Joyride. I rode down V-Line, and I was so stoked, man. It was just like so good. So I was just like, man, I got to go to Whistler now every year in the summer for my birthday instead. Like, <laughs> I can snowboard, like, at, at home, right? Like, in Ontario, like whatever, I don't care. I'm going to Blue Mountain. I don't care. I want to. I want to focus on biking. And then I got the moment I started like jumping better on my bike than I could my snowboard. I was like, yeah, okay. This I'm a, I'm a mountain biker now that snowboards in the winter as a pastime instead. And that's kind of accepted for me. Yeah, I think that's really well said, man. Honestly, like some of those first experiences are just like so profound, and like you know the initial progression curve like it always starts slow right you always have this like learning period where you're awkward and it's hard and you suck and stuff like that but when you really start getting good like that's where i think it can take over like i bought my first i guess like higher end mountain bike back in 2010. uh it was a 2010 giant brass one bought it from columbia cycle of all places in invermere just family camping trip you know going to the mountains for the weekend decided that i've saved up enough money i'm, I'm getting into the sport right <laughs> Steve says, buddy, got you. Um, yeah, and like I, I kind of got into it. Like I dabbled with it. I wrote some panel, wrote some COP stuff like that with my buddy Carrie and Tommy. And uh, I think I'm, yeah, I met Brian that summer. And that was definitely like a life changing thing. And, you know, I think I didn't really get super serious into it in the first couple of seasons just because I suck so bad at it, right? And I was wet, tired myself, cut and bruised, just not having the best time. And then, uh, just getting closer to Bryant and then riding more with him and just getting those tips from him as a mentor, right? Was when my progression really took off and it got super addicting. And then bought my first like $350 downhill bike as a Candale Gemini. And then I was really able to ride stuff confidently, right? Like I could get down moose without getting a flat tire or like duking a room or something. And 
that I, that I felt like a mountain biker, honestly. And like the first couple gaps that I went over and really felt accomplished, same thing. Then it was just hooked, right? Couldn't stop, couldn't get me off the bike and just wanted to keep going with it. So yeah, yeah, it's it's an addition to the feeling of aggression. And once once you really start getting it, it's like, sort of stop. And like those films, man, back in the day, like Rat Company is a super good film, but even before that, like, you know, I watched like Rome, The Collective, like I got so into biking movies. I'm like, I want to do what they're doing, you know? So like, you know, I went and got a, a Kona uh, Scrap, one of the Hardtails, you know, five one. And like, just found some kids that was in my neighborhood that were digging out there and in the woods. And we made these jumps and everything and just trying to replicate what we saw on, you know, in those movies, right? And finally now, in 2023, I'm replicating something I saw in Lego 7. How many how many more years till we see flannel works come to Calgary? Oh man. Oh man, flannel works. I like that. Yeah, it is a good year. Cool. I like that a lot. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess we've like thrown the whip on party well, moose and we, stuff like that. We, we used to do just this thing. Up. We used to do this thing called the bike rodeo at Placo. Oh, it was this festival that Wanda, our one friend, um, she created and unfortunately I she unfortunately doesn't run anymore because um, of COVID, they kind of killed it. But there, I think there was two or three uh, sessions of, of Plot Goat. And like the whole point of it was to have a mountain bike festival in Canmore that would make the Alberta government see that there's a demand for bikes and trail societies and things like that in Alberta. Um, and to stop, you know, everybody from going to BC, like start creating infrastructure and, and bike parks and things like that here. Um, and so she wanted a fun aspect to her, you know, festival. So she asked us what we could do, right? Because we we're kind of like these like fun, just chill guys. And so we came up with this bike rodeo where we would have all these stupid events. Like we had tiny bike races, right? So we had like these little kids' bikes, and we had like this like little track, and you'd, we'd have like a, a four cross race through it and stuff. We had like tire toss. We had inner tube cover roll. Tug of war where like you both get in a, a tube and then run in opposite directions. <laughs> and so all these random games, and there was a huge hit, man. You had like a long jump and stuff, all kinds of things. It was super fun. Yeah, just like bike trailhead parking lot drinking games is really what they were. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. This is just stupid stuff where it's like I just wrapped up a couple beers, you know, a couple laps of moose. No, I'm having a beer and I just want to do something dumb with my buddies. But it was like, super fun. It was yeah. a huge hit. And like came up with this other game where it was like a uh, track stand it was something we had some unique name for it. it was basically we had like 20 people in a circle um <laughs> that was like outlined by like pylons or whatever it was and uh you had to do hold a track stand and if you fell over or had to like end up hopping out then you're out and the last one standing won a prize that was pretty fun yeah totally like you could ride around a little bit and then like we'd have a whistle seat so out to freeze and then like people would obviously just like fall over <laughs> especially if they're clipped in right because they couldn't escape yeah. And yeah, I got like we had Aggie doing it with us that yeah, one. Yeah, he was, yeah, yeah, he did pretty yeah. good. He was hopping around those dirt cover for a while, and like I think he made it to the final few. But yeah, for sure. And then you know, like people's bikes have to stay in the ring once they fall over, and they're out. <laughs> right? so, like, now you have all these crazy obstacles. Like you're trying to like bunny hop over a bike because you're losing balance, right? It gets pretty hectic. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty fun. It was, it was a good event. That was a good. That was a good event. I'm sad that we don't do it anymore. Yeah, 100%, right? Like, I definitely missed that one. Wanda did a great job getting that thing 
up and running is just I, I feel for her, man. Like she put her heart and soul into that. And yeah. you know, COVID just totally killed it. Right? And it was like, just about to like gain traction and like be good. Like she had this jump jam and everything. Like yeah. Tippy was there. Like Eggie was there for Eggie and Tippy because of YT at the time. Yeah. Um YT was there as a as a vendor and all this stuff. And they had a jump jam at the Canmore Nordic Center. Um prize money. Everything was actually like starting to like become a real thing. They had a demo bike and demo day and everything. And uh, yeah, then COVID happened the next year. Just killed it. Totally, right? Like it was on the cost of, I think it would have been like very profitable and probably like wanted to could have got some staff and stuff to get it going after she put in like all that time and sweat work, right? To yeah, get it going. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, what do you do, right? I think everybody had some sort of dream that was spoiled by COVID. So <laughs> just, right? just yeah. recollect and keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Hundred percent. Well, hopefully, hopefully we'll see Flannel Works in twenty thirty in Canmore. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, man. Like Canmore. Hopefully, it just turns into like a tour, right? That'd be the best. Just do a global tour. Yeah. yeah. Ride every ski resort in the world. I just, I think Brian and I want to ride every bike park in the world. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's fair. Same with our buddy Dan. That's in the chat there. Like Dan, how how sick would it be if we could just go shroud every verb there was in existence, right? <laughs> a, a good a good day a good day to wear plaid across north america yeah, yeah. what is it trapping around the world yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll just <laughs> the, the, friends trapping around the world <laughs> <laughs> that's when that's how we'll kick off the collaboration of uh, uh a flannel crew goggle with matching good day plaid with like jorts that have like plaid in them, or, <laughs> or I guess flannel in them. I like that a lot. Cool. I think that'd be sick. Cool. I'm gonna just send you that. I'm gonna pull this up my phone and solder on the car. We we found some uh, some material to to match your your um, your teal color there, brother. This nice. Really do it justice, but like I think we're getting close. Like we could oh, probably we could probably I get like that one. That one is pretty sick. But yeah, we're getting closer. We're trying to find the little <laughs> flannel launch one these days. Yeah, that'd be sick. And then, and then we can. Uh, I was on the the segment um, with Joey and uh, Mark, and they know the YT guys good, so maybe we can get them to do a custom. Oh, well, no, I guess you know you guys are you guys are sponsored by Nolly, so we'll need a Nolly plaid bike. Yeah, totally. Oh yeah, Ken, if you're on this call, you probably are. Like, what are you doing? You gave us these team colors as an option. We want a flannel bike, man. <laughs> um. How do you how do you envision the evolution of mountain biking culture in the coming years? Oh, that's a good question. Honestly, like I think everything we're fighting for comes to fruition, right? Like I want less Strava, less spandex. Like you know, you can be happy and be fit and stuff like that, but I want to see more people actually having fun on bikes because I feel like that's going yeah. away, right? And I think there's this weird kind of culture right now where like people are so competition and performance focused that they forgot to like be and just kind of go with the flow, right? Yeah. There's so many people that are pushing so hard. Yeah. And you no know, props to them. Like I have all four people wanting to be the best that they could be as a human, be the biggest performance machine, but like don't be a snoot about it, man. Yeah, and, like if you chase that for too long, you're gonna burn out. Yeah. yeah. Don't get or not, I don't know. right? So I, I want to see more people with more balance, right? Yeah. Equal parts fun and rap. I think that is <laughs> the biggest thing we can go for. And like, I, 
I want to see less focus on my bike is worth more than yours or my bike's better than yours. Like there's so much, there's so many times until like we, you know, got these deals where I had like an 07 or an 05, 07, baby blue RMX, right? Just clap to shit. And like, I could ride the shit out of that bike. And then, you know, you got somebody being like, I got this 10 grand bike and they're all snobby and they can barely make it down the hill. Right. It's like, you know, get your head out of your ass. <laughs> you know, like, it'd be different if I had a big smile, but you just like literally no, like, had this like, ten thousand dollar bike didn't magically. You know, yeah, yeah, like don't take it seriously, man. You're gonna crash and your bike's gonna hit a tree and it's gonna be scratched. That's just life. And, and a lot of it isn't a contest, right? Like, why no. do we need to compare about that? Like, yeah, can't we just be all stoked for each other that we're having a good time? Exactly. Like whenever Joey does something, like there's one time where because Joey's kind of. He used to be my protege, where he called me a trail Nazi, where we'd go down to COP and I'd rub his tire and tell him to go faster. And, and, and there was this one time, I remember, where he did the SLF rock roll before I did, and then he posted a video and I was like, fuck that guy, I gotta go fucking do that, right? So, so you know, take, I forget where I was going with that. <laughs> but, I don't know, like, use motivation i guess other people's successes be stoked on their success like i was stoked that we did it right and we push each other right and the only way we push each other is that we are stoked on each other and, and our accomplishments and then you know joey can fucking do it i can fucking do it right but now like he's faster than me like he spends way more time on the bikes i'm injured most of the time <laughs> and you know but like just it's all about having a good time and pushing your own limits and have like again going back to having that vibe having that good crew to to ride with and you know people like get stoked on your accomplishments when you go and send something not like oh fuck you you know i and then they're all like insecure like no you want people around you that are going to be like oh that's sick like okay like can you show me how to do that like you know what i mean and not completely the other way around you know? yeah like it's important to have a healthy love and respect for your fellow riders right oh like sure. at the end of the day that's where it comes from yeah it's like I'm not going to choose to be jealous about this. I'm just going to choose to celebrate you and lift you up for your accomplishments because they're amazing, right? Like there's there's always two ways to look at something and like one's, one's a good day way to look at it and the other one's a bad day way to look at it, you know? Yeah. And I, I think it's just always important to pump positivity into the sport in any way. Yeah, yeah, like, I don't know, we're so stoked on, well, I'm so stoked on bikes that I literally broke my thumb in Utah and it was the sickest trip I've ever had. And then I broke my wrist at Sunpiece, and it was so sick. It was so good. I, yet I'm still, you know, I really after my wrist, like bad. But it's gonna heal. It gets better. Yeah. But that was such a good trip, and that's how stoked I am. Like I've, I had surgery and everything. I completely fucked my wrist, and yeah, it was such a good freaking trip, man. And I, I'm back to Sunpiece next year and be just as stoked again. Maybe <laughs> Yeah, like no no bad juju, no bad vibes ever, right? Like there's there's some unfortunate stuff that happens, but being able to look back just be like focus on the good things that did happen, I think yeah. that's really important. Yeah, and I'll have mental breaks. Like I'll snap and throw my bike down the hill, but that's just I'm mad at myself. I'm mad because my bike almost killed me because it's stupid mechanic. That's how always the, always the bike, never the rider, right? Ah, that's almost me. There's a minute to that mile stupidity. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Well, like, and I, I'm always amazed at how many people want to be like two minutes faster, five minutes faster. 
when you when you do a run that a Red Bull athlete would do in five minutes and you're doing it in 30, it doesn't really matter. We're never going to get to that level. So maybe we can have some more fun. And going into that, it's like, you know, I'm never going to be the fastest because I'm I started biking at 33. But I like I went to a lot of the women's Enduros this year and like they they know how to do it. Like they're in costume. They're just having a lot of fun. And I'm like, man, we need we need this. But for like everyone. So maybe we can make the Wu Duro and what the Wu Duro is going to be is it'll it'll be an Enduro. But instead of being the fastest one down. We'll have decibel readers in the corners and at the drops. And whoever reads the loudest, like, woos, that's how you're going to win this race. <laughs> I think that's a way better way like that. That's, that's so good. Yeah. And, and to your point, like, the, the ladies' community honestly does it a lot better than the dudes. Like, bar not, right? There's always dudes that are cold in the bike park and stuff like that. But the way the ladies celebrate each other for scope and progression is just insane. Like, my girlfriend has this thing. It's called Sladies MTB if you look it up on Instagram. And like they do a ton of women's focus events and they're just about getting more chicks on bikes, right? And I've been to some of their events and the level of support they have for each other is just insane, right? Like other than I think like our core group of people that we hang out with that are kind of aligned with us and just, you know, stoking each other up, like you won't see that level of stoking support like you will with the ladies in general, right? Like it doesn't matter where you go, it seems like the Revelstoke Women's Enduro, things like that, right? You know, uh, the Canmore Enduro, like the, the women's category there, there's so much more supportive than any other community or niche on bikes. It's, it's awesome. Like, that's what well, it's so wild. Like when I, when I first got into mountain biking here, I started finding the communities and like, there's like 10 awesome, maybe not 10, like five awesome um, women's groups up here, like cassette class or cassette collective, she shreds, um, like just a whole bunch of and like they're way more friendly than half the like actually probably like 75 percent of the dude maybe not that many but it just seems like it because the ones who aren't friendly are usually the more vocal ones but like they just know how to build a community and build the stoke for each other which yeah everyone i think could take a learning page from them yeah man absolutely that's that's really well said right and just hopefully they can set a good example and just Fellas, like, look what they're doing and follow suit. Like, we can be better too, right? So it's always good to look at a different perspective and learn. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, with a little bit of adrenaline and, you know, you see the progression, um, how else do you see mountain biking positively influencing mental health and well-being? Um, that's a good question. I think just as a sport as a whole, it ticks all the boxes, right? Like, hey, it's getting you out of the house and getting you exercising, right? Like you're guaranteed to get some endorphins there. B, you're doing what you love, right? Like you're sitting there all week thinking about it and you finally get to go ride your bike. That's a wicked feeling in itself. Another point is just the vibes in the community, right? You're, it's just like any other hobby, right? Like I know we say that the bike community is the best, but even when I was in the cars and stuff like this, and I'm sure you can relate, Jared, like hanging out with your car buddies was always super sick. Like even if you're parked at Tim Hortons, you're shooting shit for your mental health you're socializing with people right so i think the amazing thing about mountain biking is you get all those and then you get this insane rush of adrenaline and addiction there and the addiction of progression and just a never-ending search for it right like it's not gonna be like oh like my car is fully built there's nothing else i can afford to do to it it's like yeah i've got this bike but like i can still improve me and my mental game and my skills and this to like go bigger right like it's, it's a never ending search for progression. And I think that always gives you something to look forward to. So 
yeah, like anybody that struggles with mental health or needs to pick me up should literally just go for a bike ride. Yeah. Right? Like it's fixed so much and just get involved with the community and find some mountain bike friends. Like you'll turn your life around. I I don't think I've had a lot of sad days since I started riding. It's because of, you know, like my best bud here and like everybody else in this community that I've been so fortunate to meet. Right? Like they're just that awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like it's huge for me. Like being injured sucks just because I'm missing out on all that. And uh, it's just for me mentally, it's huge because riding your bike, I'm always smiling. I'm always in the moment, right? I know that sounds kind of like very hippy dippy, but like I'm in the moment. I'm all, I'm, all I'm thinking about at that time or that entire day is don't hit the tree, don't crash, <laughs> don't. You know, where am I riding next? How am I going to hit this, right? Or am I breaking? I'm not thinking about work. I'm not thinking about any other stressors. I'm not thinking about something. I'm not thinking about anything. I'm thinking, okay, buy my bike, have a beer, see see the guys, see the friends. No, I know it is corny, but (laughs) tell me that when you're riding your, I don't know, when you're riding your bike down T Dub, you're thinking about, you know, your work week the next week. No, you're thinking, how do I not fucking die? Example, when your turbo blew up a couple weeks ago, the first thing you probably did was go to your bike and go through a couple flares on a horror pipe, right? So like, what are you man? But yeah, like, like it's one of those things. It, it just takes away all the bullshit because you literally can't focus on anything else, right? Yeah. Just blanks out your and mind. then when you make it down to the bottom and like you see all your friends, you know, come out of the trail too, and they're having such a fucking riot, and you just had a riot, and everybody's having a fucking riot. You're just like, oh, right. So good at the bottom. High fives everywhere. And then as you pedal out, you know, you're, or, or, you know, when you get to the bottom, you're like, oh my God, I almost crashed here. Oh my God, this happened. Just like all these stories and emotion just at the bottom. So good. I don't know. It's just so good. <laughs> Sorry. I just have my uh, car brain going on now with Darcy and talking about his turbo blowing. So he bought a mountain bike. And I'm like, yep, definitely, definitely cheaper. Definitely cheaper than a <laughs> than a turbo. Darcy, you got deep pockets, like <laughs> that's a big bill on a week. But I don't blame you, bro. Story you have is him hitting a deer. I was like, Jesus, man. I was like, Yeah, Darcy, take it easy, man. <laughs> well, and it, it's funny, like, um, <laughs> also had to buy the turbo. Um, you, you say about in the moment and it's like, honestly, I think it's probably one of the, the best ways to up your mental game. Cause it's like, you can't focus on anything else when you're riding. Cause otherwise we might end up like James and then from, from Woodward where no, no tree is safe when he's out riding. <laughs> totally. Oh man, that's not so bad for him. I don't even know where I was going. Well, I, I I know my I know my safe for children listening will not be ch- checked on uh, Apple Podcasts this week, but that's okay. <laughs> um, uh, you know, start start the ponies to feed the stallion, so it's all good. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, what piece of advice would you give someone who wants to positively impact their community, whether it's mountain biking or another field? I think honestly. And like speaking from experience is like if something bothers you, don't just sit there and take it. Like stand up and get involved, right? Take that first step to reach out to 
you know, if there's an advocacy group, like a trail group or something like that, just go volunteer with them, just find where you can be a fit and help out, right? And even if they, for some reason, don't want help, take the James route, right? Woodridge MTV's, MTV is a prime example. He, you know, didn't go to Ebbets first. He just went and raised a shit ton of money and went like, hey, I want to make an impact. So like, here, I'm making an impact, right? You can always find your own way to like give back and support the causes that you want to support, right? So if you're passionate about it, just get involved. That's the that's the golden rule, yeah. I would say. Get involved with whatever you're passionate with, honestly. Yeah, 100%, right? And giving back is always going to feel good, right? Like, I'm sure if we didn't want to give back with the final crew, we, yeah, we could have pocketed a lot more money and maybe I wouldn't be driving a 2004 Ford Ranger still yeah. with 360,000 We're not in it for the money. We never started this to make money. We started this to just spread stoke, right? Yeah, 100%, right? Like, at the end of the day, like, no, we don't make any money. being able to look back and be like, <laughs> you know what, like, this new trail, like, I was able to help contribute towards getting that. Or, yeah. you know, I was able to throw an event that was super fun for a bunch of people or, you know, bought a bunch of beers and just, like, partied and just left a lasting impression on people, that's always going to mean more to, to us. Well, you've done huge things over, like, the last 10 years. Yeah, I suppose. Like, huge I've been things. volunteering with Moose since 2016 as well, right? Like, I was the VP for probably six years until I just took a step back to focus on some other yeah. stuff. But, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like, sure, I could have spent that time on a lot of different things and probably put that energy towards own a business or like you know furthering myself in other places but yeah. I gave a fuck about moose right at the end of the day like I cared about the trails and I saw that you know there's a lot of people that were out riding bikes that weren't buying memberships for whatever freaking reason and there's a lot of potential to like both increase the membership and awareness for the trails and you know bring more people and new people to events and make it all more inclusive and do all these amazing things and just make this sick community. And it's been amazing to watch it grow, right? Like I'm I'm finally at the point where like I've taken a step back and I've been like, okay, sick, I made an impact. I now don't have the bandwidth to keep helping with this that I used to. And there's other people that have more time and resources to do that. Let's let them take it over. But at least I can stand back and be like, yeah, like we went from like three, four hundred members when I started to like now we're probably close to two thousand and you know, we have a whack of new trails, including Flight 66, which is awesome. And so good. Just a bunch of ways to raise money, right? Like you can donate your empty bottles to beers, which is super easy. Mm -hmm. I think movie premieres. we're all pretty good at deleting oh, beers. So that works out. <laughs> Still hopping up front, running moving, movie premieres. And yeah. I, I, I would always do that. Like, even if I wasn't a board member, I would just keep organizing them because having 200 of your best friends in a theater to watch a movie that you're all equally stoked on and drinking beers is just a magical feeling and a great night. It's and pretty good time. Yeah, like yeah. it's worth the time going into it, right? Like every time you do something, you feel fulfilled. So yeah, it's crazy though how much it's grown. Like, you know, back in the day, you'd go to Moose and you'd know everybody in the parking lot, right? And there'd be like, I don't know, 10 vehicles, right? Never had a problem parking. <laughs> and then now it's like, grown so much that we have like there's a full-time trail crew in the summer like you need, we don't have there's barely any day days because there's a full-time trail crew now right? <laughs> totally. from government grants and then like the parking lot is completely packed right like out to the road they had like they paved the whole friggin thing and like that's all because of like 
Evans board and, and, and volunteers and, and Joey and everybody, like, you know, again, going back to the, the government and using those can ask is pass, you know, a portion of that and getting yeah. grants and things and, um, yeah, making just awareness, honestly. Yeah, like the, the 100K K-Pass money, there you go, there's a prime example, right? Like, we didn't have incredible volunteers that did a bunch of grant writing and making connections with government, right? Like Ashley, Sarah, all those people on the board, Jeff, whoever else that reached out to, to kind of work with them. Like, maybe Moose wouldn't have gotten a share of the K-Pass money, right? Now Moose gets, I think, close to like 100K a year, which is crazy, right? And we got Devin and Wookie on that payroll, like yeah. full-time yeah. employees digging trails. It's so crazy, right? Like, from something that was, you know, back when Reg Mullet founded Emmits was kind of like a neat reaction to save and advocate the trails that were going to be shut down to now this like well-funded organization that's successful is, is incredible, right? And that's that's for people just getting involved, right? So take that first step and if you have stoke and passion, that's what these organizations need, right? And People do burn out, so like even if you only put in like a year or two, like you made more of an impact on an organization like that than sitting on the couch. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, so, what does the phrase "good day" signify to you in the context of mountain biking and community involvement? I've never had a bad day on my bike. <laughs> <laughs> just one of those days where the stoke is high and the vibes are good and you know it, it's more about community than it is anything right like mm -hmm. being there for the greater good of everybody giving back and just doing all the right things right and you know jared i, I gotta say like with you with the the good day optics brand i think you guys really stand for that well right like i see you guys donating money back to baseline and other you know organizations that make a good impact in the world and you know, making a really sick community out of things and things like Stoke Hunters, right? Like just having conversations with those people that are out there making a difference in the world, I think is, is huge. And yeah, like I think it stands for a good day, right? Like just people that are fostering the right vibes, right? Not the negativity and stuff like that. And for us, it's something we can 100% align with, right? Like we said from the very get-go is like, we're trying to change the face of the sport from this like, I don't know, like snobby, like you need to have a $10,000 bike or you're a loser to like, no, everybody can come have fun. And if you're stoked on bikes, we're stoked. <laughs> yeah. That's what well, it used to be like, man. Like I was watching, um, we were watching, I think it's for free. I was watching that again. Um, so a few people I was with hadn't seen it yet. And it starts off talking about like the origins of free ride where it used to be like that. All it, all it was was like cross-country general racing competitions. And all of a sudden, a few, took a few select people to like, you know, go and do the Uncharted stuff, throw BMX, you know, style riding into gnarly features and like being creative and things and not caring. And it just completely launched and became what mountain biking was for like almost like 15, 20 years, you know? And now it's kind of like huge fitness and the paint bike started and everything all because of that. And then, you know, fitness has its place, obviously. Like I would like to try to pedal more, you know? <laughs> well, the, the, the Toyota, the Toyota uh, shuttle is always uh, hard to say no to. 
Yeah, right. You know, at the end of the day, like I, I, everybody's like, oh, but did you earn insurance? It's like, yeah, like, buddy, I worked all week to fucking put gas in my truck. Of course, I earned my insurance, right? <laughs> so there, there's two different schools of thought there for sure. I don't know. It's just like, like I do like, I guess would try to get like to get back or pedal more. Right, just for my own health, I'm like 33, right? So like metabolism slowing down, you know, gotta you know think about health, my health more. I'm not like 20 anymore, but you know, pedaling up, your legs are freaking pooched. Ruins the downhill. <laughs> like I want to be 100 going down that thing and smashing. I don't want to be like, oh my legs are too weak, I can't send it hard. It's like the whole reason I got into biking was like send, you know. <laughs> To just like send like the guys in the movies. I didn't well, you don't see the guys in the movies pedaling uphill. You know what I mean? You just see them yeah. it's like man, I want to send. And then you send five feet and you're like, okay, I want to send seven feet. I want to send 20 feet. I want to send 40 feet. You know what I mean? Like that's what I am. Like I am the stoke, the most stoked when I just hit one hit a hundred times. And I hike back, I hike back up. You know, you watch the movie, I have my bike on my shoulders, hiking up scree lines, you know how fucking hard that is, right? Like, it's not like I'm not fit, I'm fit in my own way, but I don't know. It's, for me, it's hiking back up and hitting that same friggin' jump and chasing that same just floating free freedom. You know, it's these. a really funny way to think about this is like, okay, like, you know, Jared, I know you've talked about this, is like, think about your life's legacy, right? Like, and like, what if your life was a movie and it was being documented? What would you want the plot to be, right? And since we've run all these movie premieres and stuff like that, I can't remember which actual film it was. Was it, I don't think it was Esperanto. Remember that one? Oh, Chasing the Yeti. Chasing the Yeti. That was yeah, the name of the movie. That one was such a friggin', for me, a bust. And like, not to knock the filmmakers. Like, they did yeah. an equal job presenting it and stuff like that. But I, I would agree with Brian. Like, if your life is being documented like a movie, think about chasing that climbing time or chasing those climbing numbers. And for some people, I get that this is something that like you're stoked on and whatever. That's fine. All, all the power to you. But like being in a room of people that like I know I'd say about like at least forty percent of them were that kind of person that was chasing big days and like fast climbs and stuff like that. The segment they did on climbing had like the least engagement from the crowd. Like it just the room felt dead. People were talking. No one cared, right? But like. As soon as that plot flipped to like doing something impactful with the community, like the women's rides and the stoke that was there, or like, you know, some of the other kind of cool feats, like people riding in new places and exploring new zones, right? Like that's content that people want to see and like want to get stoked on, right? Like it's it, it just like, how are you going to optimize your time, right? Like at the end of the day, like if you only have so much time to ride, then it makes sense. Just do a shuttle, just do your thing. Like whatever's you're on. Like, Pedaling, like you know, Logan Keen, perfect example. Yeah, I pedals all the time. Fit as hell. Shreds. Yeah. Hard. Yeah, absolutely. Like, fair. like super rad dude, right? Never told me to unless they're because I don't pedal. That's also super key, right? Like right? Don't, don't like I think pedal shaming is like starting to be a thing, and that's super lame, right? Yeah, I think that's why I don't pedal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's, there's a couple of things in the parking lot that are like on some sort of moral high ground because they have all this fitness that they can pedal, and they're already like knocking you down before you even start pedaling up the hill. <laughs> well, 
and even even now you see it it's like e-bike shaming like yeah. if well, someone if someone's getting out on a bike and you know bettering themselves like who are we to say what someone can and can't do and you don't know what their conditions like like yeah you know what what if you eat you know shamed paul basagodia you know for e-biking yeah, man. I know he broke his back at Rampage being gnarlier than your punk ass. Yeah, <laughs> like, you don't know what people's battles or conditions are, you know? What if I had an e-bike because I broke my leg and I'm just getting back into it? You know what I mean? Like, you don't know. Yeah, or like the Emmett's trail crew with their e-bike, right? Like, yeah. Devin's literally dragging a bunch of tools up the side of the mountain and, like, putting in posts and signs and, like, doing trail work with the thing, right? It's an access tool, right? Yeah. And, you know, there's so many people that maybe don't have the fitness to make up the hill at all, right? And if that's getting them to the top and getting their heart rate going and their legs turning, then I, I think all the power to it. I, yeah. I have no decent it's like It's like shaming somebody that's not fit for going to the gym. Yeah. It's like you're out. They're out at the gym, man. It's like, yeah. Them. <laughs> yeah, right? And, like, even for the people that are perfectly fit and just want to, maximize their ride time like i know so many dads where okay from tuesday night to like from 5 to 9 p.m is my only window of the whole week that i can ride my bike then take the e-bike and crank out like five laps sometime that you get two on your analog hog right like go out there and get it man if it's if it's gonna maximize your like, why the fuck do you care yeah other guys riding right like is like, he having fun? Cares? fun like yeah he's out there he fucking hopefully bought his membership Nine times out of ten, buying an e-bike is going to pull you back to the truck at Ings anyways, faster than either yourself. Like if anything, yeah. it just makes the whole route faster. So. I don't know. I think. Well, yeah, the buddy on the e-bike didn't point out that you know Joey's faster than you are, so maybe don't show up on the hill next time. Like I don't know. Like let's just yeah. all be friends and have fun. Friends <laughs> off the pretentious vibe. If you have an e-bike, if you have any bike, I don't care if you're stoked, you know, and want to ride. Like I'll. Come up with us. We'll show you. We'll take you up. We'll show you a good time. If you want to hit something that you haven't hit before and you need some pointers, fuck, hit most of the things on the mountain. You know what? We can show you guys. I can think of like one persona that I don't want to associate with right now, and it's people that actually want moose to get logged. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> and I, I can't give people other reasons. Like, I, you know, I'm I not, dude, my family owns the, lo the longest family owned lumber mill in Canada, Nova Scotia. They love logging. Yeah, right? If, I'm not against logging. I, I'm a structural engineer. We build things out of friggin' wood. I get it. But, like, don't, why, why would you invest, as a government, hundreds of thousands of dollars into this area that actually has grown into ridership and stuff, when you can... All their, the only reason why they want to log there is because it's right off the highway. It's easy. You know what I mean? There's acres and acres and acres and acres of friggin' woods Literally ten more minutes down the goddamn road. Yeah, like <laughs> there's a lot of territory there. Like, I can't remember what the stats are that like end up on that grow website, but like the the percentage of what they could be logging that they're choosing to log is just ridiculous, right? So <laughs> I, I get it, right? Like there's needs to be balance and checks everywhere and like a reasonable look at things, but yeah. I don't know. I've just come across a couple of individuals lately that are just like. Ah, it's stupid, just log it, who cares? Like, want to put screw the trails. I'm just like, how can you even think that way, man? Like, this is something yeah. that brings, you know, thousands of people joy every year. And yeah. the government, like, gave all this money to now just to destroy it. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It no. just doesn't fit together, right? So, I don't know. Yeah. 
But I digress. I know that's a bit of a tangent. <laughs> There's no shame in here. I'll, I'll listen to Creed, even though I think Kellen just made fun of it, but it's all good. Oh, man, Creed's sick. No. Hundred percent. And you know, we we kind of hit the sixty minute mark. Um, but for people, you know, who are kind of getting into, you know, having Stoke and this and that, um, how, how, what advice would you give people to how how they could have more good days? Really good question. Honestly, like I think just get out there and do it. Right, go to events, get involved, meet people. You're never going to have a bad time getting involved with the Mountain Bike Community, Jared. Right, like exactly what you said earlier is it's the tightest knit group of people that you didn't know existed. Right, like if you get out there and just start participating in these events and getting to know the community, like I guarantee you're going to. You got to be out there wanting to better yourself. Don't compare yourself to other people in the community, man. Like if I compare myself to like. I don't know, Chris Carrier, I suck all day, every day, because he's just better than me. And that's just, he's just better than me. And that's how it is, you know? And we're all better at bikes and are talented in our own ways, right? Like maybe I, you know, can hit a jump better than someone else, but they can ride faster than me, right? Like everybody's got their own reason to be there. Just go there and work on yourself and stop comparing yourself. Because if you're comparing yourself to somebody, right, then you're going to, odds are you're probably going to get disappointed at some point, right? And then you're just going to start comparing yourself to somebody just starts with negative, what would you call it? Feeds negativity. Just go there to work on yourself, man. You know? And it all just, it's a full circle, just being stoked on your other people that you're riding with success. It's not trying to compete with them. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't get into biking to be in a competition with anybody. I got into it because I wanted to Challenge myself. Totally, man. And like the people that are super negative, they're not really the kind of people that go out and volunteer, like participate in community anyways, right? They're so wrapped up in themselves that they just end up in their own like little counterculture group. Like the people that you will meet at the community events are probably all the amazing humans that will, you know, support your growth and journey and stoke all day long. So, you know, go out there to, you know, where you think you would find people that are amazing, right? Go. Go to a trail day, go to, you know, an AGM for your local trail society, go to anything like that, right? Like look for groups like Moose Mountain, Baseline, Canva, like us, Sladies, you know, and any of those like little mountain bike groups that seem to be doing the community thing. And yeah, and if, you, if you don't have anybody yet, say you're new to town or something, we, we started, well, Joey started the uh, Moose Mountain shuttle group, right? So on Facebook there, and if you're, there's a lot of people on shift with that ride bikes. They're on a Tuesday afternoon. There might be somebody out there, right, that you can shuttle with. You know what I mean? And everybody in there, you know, is always kind of riding, you know, daily, it seems. Yeah. And just ask. That's the hilarious thing. Like Austin's a prime example. Like we're you Brian and I are nine to five. Well, probably more than that. We work way too much. Monday to Friday. But Austin's a four-on, four-off guy, right? And uh, I don't want this message to get out there like car thieves or anything like that, but generally speaking, if you're in Moose Mountain Shell Group, it's like, oh yeah, like here's the keys on track, like let's just do the thing, right? It's super trusting, super open, just yeah, good good humans that aren't gonna rip you off. So just put yourself out there, right? Like take that first step as much as it might be nerve wracking getting into something new. I promise you're gonna meet nice humans and they're not gonna bite. Yeah, like 
Uh, even on like COP, right? Share a chair with somebody. Yeah, well, you know, you're in, you're in the singles line. Get on the chair. You never know. You might have share a chair with us. Fuck, I don't care. Yeah, like, let's go around. I, I can't fix your <laughs> crippling anxiety, but like I guarantee that mountain bikers will take that first step to say hi because they're that kind of person. And as long as you're willing to make some small talk and have a conversation, you're not going to have a bad day. Hundred percent. And thanks for thanks for joining us tonight, guys. Yeah. No hey, man. Thank you for having us, and uh, thanks for all the good times, Jared. We have one more thing to do before we wrap up, and uh, we need to run this giveaway for those two wicked pairs of glasses. Oh, 100 percent. Um, and if you if everyone who who watched us tonight um, enjoyed the conversation, make sure you hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on our YouTube channel because it it helps a lot. So we know we're doing a good thing over here. But yes, let's get into the let's get into the the draw. I was having a lot of fun punting out people. I, I think I got called out when I started liking other people's posts. But you know. <laughs> I just opened up my phone, and the first comment that I can see here that is not liked is I commented the transcript from the movie Life Cycles, and uh, Mike Weens punted me out by saying Life Cycles told me to like it, but his comment isn't liked. So I think. Mike, we'll give you uh, first dibs on a pair of uh, Good Day Optics glasses, if you're okay with that, Jared. Yeah. Mike's a good guy, so very, very deserving one. Um, just scrolling through to see if there's anything else. Uh, looks like Jack MTB 7 has an unlike comment as well. So Jack... What was his comment, though? What's that? What was his comment? It says, like this comment if you like cheese. And uh, I'm not going to read the rest of it because it's pretty inappropriate. Um, just for the sake of your Apple podcast rating, Jared. <laughs> I appreciate that. What else? I think that might be the only two that... Oh, oh, I found another one. So Kim Chard has an unlike comment, and it's a pair of glasses. So Sounds like she wears glasses. Yeah, I think she is definitely in the running as well. You know what? I think Jack was like... I don't know, going off about glasses and had some crazy preferences. Maybe we'll send him a flannel and because Kim commented a pair of glasses, we'll send her a pair of glasses. I think that makes sense. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you guys, you guys know more about pick and draws than I do, so I'm good. Whatever. I don't know about that, man. I don't think we do a very good job, but like those are the three that I see on there right now. So I'll just make a note on my phone of those usernames and I'll get in touch with them. We'll get those uh, prizes off to people. Sounds good. I appreciate it. I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for the time. And uh, yeah, if there's anything we can do to help, just let us know. But everybody listen, like, subscribe, do all the things. And uh, oh, look at that. Mike's, Mike's in the comments. <laughs> so uh, yeah, glad uh, Mike won. He even tuned into this. There we go. He's the yeah. most important. Nice. Well, it's always good when someone tunes in, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks for listening to us just rant about things. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Thanks for just having an awesome conversation, Jared. Like, this is what I love the most is just chatting with people and just having interesting conversations, man. I yeah. want to say that, like, I really appreciate reconnecting with you after Mount Royal and learning more about you and your brand and everything else the last while. And just thanks for the opportunity to chat and hang out, man. I appreciate it. I, I liked uh, reconnecting and um, now I know I have to collect more uh, flannels and not plaids. So we'll be good <laughs> for next year. 110%, man. We'll get you rigged up. We'll get you a flannel sent out too. Nice.